Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Let's take our Bibles and go over to the book of Acts chapter 20. And just for a few minutes, let's examine verse 35. And we're going to receive the tithes and offerings and we're going to bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. Can you say amen? Now, verse 35, the apostle Paul said, well, let's start in verse 30. Verse 33 is good. I have coveted no one silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my needs and for those who were with me. Now we know that Paul, while he was called as an apostle, also had a side job where he made tents. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this, that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Now, these words are not quoted in the gospels, but they are recorded here for our benefit. And you, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now I certainly don't expect a sinner to read that and jump up and say, Oh, that's good. Because to a sinner, when you give, that would denote a subtraction from your assets or from your bank account. And so they would think, well, I'm actually losing. So how can there be a blessing in that? But we, having been moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light through the new birth experience, know that when you give, on the inside, it releases the heart of God to flow through you. And there is a, if I could use the word sensation, and I don't want to like try to be like in the, in the physical realm, but there is a spiritual sensation of identifying with God as a giver. Woo. Praise God. The greatest giver in the universe all time is God. The father. Why? God gave his only son, John three sixteen. He gave his only son. He didn't give an angel. He didn't have uh, an extra son somewhere else. He only had one. So what did God give? He gave his very, very best. And that's why it's impossible to out give God. So God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. Uh, to be honest, it's not like really exciting paying for a light bill. Is it? I mean, when you write a check or go online to make the payment for the light bill, it's not like, oh, oh, I did this, this $89 payment is so exciting. No, that's life. That's life. <laughs> it's not like a great thrill to be able to, um, you know, pay for your internet usage or something like that. Although we thank God for all of these things, paying for bills and stuff like that, that's not exciting. But I'll tell you what's exciting is this area of giving Well, you're blessed. You got your bills paid and you've honored God with the tithe. And now you're going to, you're going to extend in into that area of giving offerings. And those offerings could be cash. Those offerings could be online giving. Those offerings could be a basket of groceries to the poor. Those offerings could be just something that you're, you're just in a flow of giving out. And you'll find out very quickly, right up front, that Jesus was, as always, was 100% correct. 
it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, is the receiver happy? Yes, but the giver is actually in a superior position because not only are you the one doing the blessing, and not only does that release joy and an identification with God, with His nature that's going on in your heart, but you're also sowing seed. So everything that you're sowing, God now has authorization based upon His kingdom laws to be able to multiply back to you. So what takes place? You are now uh, positioned to sow larger and greater seeds. So you just move forward and you climb higher with the Lord. Let me say my friends today with great confidence that God's ways are higher. <laughs> it's the devil's ways that are lower. It's the devil's ways that lead people to an eternal uh, place of punishment in hell and eventually the lake of fire. And I, I choose, and I know you do too. I choose God and I choose his ways because his ways are higher. They are pleasant. They make you happy. And everything about the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, I have a real kind of like inner quaking. You know, we were in California for Thanksgiving and there was a small earthquake, not, not a big one, not enough really to even talk about, but another, another one where, yeah, you can definitely feel the ground shake. Everybody there felt the ground move. But inside of me, I really feel like that 2023, not just because there's a prophetic number attached to it or something like that. I, I feel like this could, I feel like this is going to be the year of the glory. Hallelujah. And I'm not First of all, let me say this, I'm not going to leave this planet without giving all that I can and really wanting to get into that measure that God uh, wants me to step into. And I know you feel the same way with the fullness of your life experience, but I'm also intent on not leaving this year without doing all that I can to uh, reach new levels of giving. And that is something that Pastor Kelly and myself have really taken to heart. We have done a lot of sowing this year and we have really stretched ourselves. Praise the Lord. But you know what? This year's not done yet. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to back off on the spiritual gas pedal until, uh, it's midnight on December 31st. Praise the Lord. Cause I want to be positioned for what I'm really getting on the inside that this is going to be a year we're going to come into that's been unlike anything else we've ever had with breakthrough and the glory and God's presence and God's power. And I feel that God has these things for you too. And I want to encourage you to uh, uh, enjoy the, the power of this experience. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I would ask you, as you go into Christmas, that you have a heart for others to be a blessing, and that as we close this year out, you most importantly have a heart for the Lord and His, and His work. Now, it is true. I'm not the only pastor that knows this. Um, pastors across the board, whether it's America or anywhere in the world, know this, that during December, and also around Christmas, ministry giving. Watch this. It usually goes like this, just like that. <laughs> and the, for those of you that are listening to me on podcast, I'm making a downward graph that plunges down. It's like people disappear. The giving just 
it just like vaporizes and stops what's going on. People get caught up in uh, their life and they forget about the kingdom. They forget about the things of the Lord. But my friends, please, I want you to be very spiritual this December. And I, I would ask you to prayerfully consider that you finish this month stronger than any other month to position yourself for the year we're about to go into. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There are many pastors. There are many pastors that always uh, love Christmas, but actually look forward to it getting over because they know that December is always a month that's financially a all-out challenge because people forget about the things of God. But I believe that you hear the voice of the Lord, and you're going to be sensitive to this. So I want to say thank you for honoring the Lord, not only in July, but also in December when it's cold, maybe cloudy, snowy or rainy or whatever it might be that your heart beats for God. Praise God. Now, let us bring the tithes and offerings into God's glorious storehouse for the global expansion continued expansion of his kingdom. I'm determined not to let up. I am sold out not to back off, maybe because it's a, uh, a December month. I'm moving forward with the things that God has called us to do. So thank you for being faithful in your giving. Now, for those of you that like to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is 28. Six five four. Now, if you prefer to bring your tithes and offerings in online over the internet, you can do so from anywhere literally in the world where you have access to the internet. Please go to the website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage that says give. It has a red heart on it. You can click that, bring the tithe in right there. Glory. Now, if you would like to give an offering above your tithe, there's an orange banner that says projects. And you can click on that. You'll see the various projects that we are focused on. And your extra giving in those areas is greatly appreciated. Praise the Lord. Now, lift your hands. Father, I pray, O oh God, that your people will be sensitive this December and that they will be accurate in all of their giving. They will not undergive, nor will they overgive. I know, Father, Christmas can be emotional times, but they'll get it just right. And I pray also, Father, that as they give prophetically and as they begin to conclude this month and this year, they will, they will complete this year on a high note of giving, even sacrificially. And I thank you for the miracles that you're going to do. I thank you, Father God, you are positioning them, and they're working with your Holy Spirit. And it's going to be really, really good. We give you praise for all that you have done, all that you're doing now, and those things that are just around the corner. We give you praise. We bless you. I ask you bless your people in Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Woo! Praise the Lord. Thank you for your gracious giving. Praise God. Now, please take your Bibles. Go over with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Mm -mm. Matthew chapter 14. Today, we're going to go on an adventure. We're going to get in a boat with Jesus. We're going to go on a ride on the Sea of Galilee. Woo! Praise God. I call it adventures on the high seas. 
with Jesus. And although you may never get in a physical boat on the Galilee, although I hope you do with me on our tour to Israel, and uh, although we can't jump back into a time machine and ride along with the disciples, there is these uh, life experiences where, where uh, God allows you to identify with his experiences. And sometimes you have these very, very exciting boat ride experiences and, and the way life is orchestrated, you can't always walk around the lake. You have to cross over. So let's, let's understand what's going on here today. Now, father, as we jump into your word, I just thank you that the enemy is not going to be able to steal blessings from your people anymore because we're turning the light on in this area. And I just thank you, Father God, that your people are people of faith. And I thank you that they can fully trust your word. As we say in America, they can take it to the bank. And I thank you, Father, they're going to see that validated. Some of them, even before this year is out. Now we give you praise and we thank you that your spirit is moving right now in our situations. You're delivering your people in Jesus name and around the world. We say, amen. Now, Matthew chapter 14 we're dropping down now to verse 20. So they all ate and were filled. They took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now the group's all happy. The big group of thousands of people, they're all well fed. It's like having gone to a buffet and they're stuffed and they can all go home. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Verse 22, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Now, many of you are already familiar with this story. So I want to ask you a question. Jesus sent his 12 disciples into the boat. Now, you know, they're going to get in the storm. We know it's going to be, uh, a very, uh, you know, like a life-threatening, crazy situation. But when Jesus, at this point, everything's calm and peaceful. Okay, he's going to go off and pray. They're going to start their boat journey. But when Jesus sends them into the boat, now I'm going to, now listen, because I'm going to challenge some of your doctrine, for some of you, your theology. When Jesus sent them into the boat, did he send them into the boat to kill them? Was God out to kill his own? I mean, is the Lord so crazy he would try to sink his own ship, destroy his own kingdom? No, of course not. Not even the devil. Uh, as uh, awful as he is, even the devil knows that if his kingdom is divided, he can't stand. So the Lord's not putting these men in the boat to set them up in a situation where they make the morning news the next day. Twelve men drowned in a boat. No, no. No, God is putting them in the boat. God, the man, Jesus is putting them in the, in the boat so that they can cross over to the other side. Then pastor Stephen, why do we have this, this big mess, this big storm? Well, there's variable reasons. One is because there's a devil in the earth. Number two is because we live in a fallen world system that is tainted, influenced, and in many ways corrupted by sin. And so you have, uh, you have unbelievers that don't understand this. You have some in the church that don't understand it, which is why when a hurricane rolls in the Florida, the insurance agencies 
look at all the damaged houses and all the destruction and all the lost lives, and they say, well, it has been an act of God. That is an absolute lie. It's not an act of God. It is a product of a world reverberating from the effects of sin. Mm-mm. But my friends, what do we do when these events arise? What do we do? Such as the hurricane, such as a storm, such as these circumstances that just popped up while we we're on a nice journey. What you have to do is you have to stay. Now listen, you have to stay on divine assignment. You stay with the order that was given to you. So you stay on task. You stay on course. Let's continue on. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea. Woo, scary. The deepest part of the lake. Mm-mm. Tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary, was against them. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them. Fourth watch started at three o'clock in the morning, ran from three o'clock to six o'clock in the morning, or right around the time of the sunrise. So this was probably right around three, maybe three 30 in the morning. Now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Wow. And when the disciples, I've got to stop. That's just too good. Walking on the sea. Woo! Hallelujah. To be around Jesus was to be around a miracle man, a miracle ministry to the point it would almost like, as we would say, almost like make your head spin because all of the miracles that he did are not recorded. Even John said it, if everything that he did was recorded, there's not enough books to hold all the stuff. So there was stuff going on all the time with him. And in our lives, the supernatural, while there is a natural part of our lives, the supernatural should be just kind of like uh, flowing out, just kind of flowing out sometimes when you don't even know it. Praise the Lord. And I believe that's what you are merging into, that supernatural flow. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Boo! No. <laughs> no, right? Because that's. Look, Jesus has humor. Jesus had the anointing of the oil of joy. But Jesus, listen to me very carefully. Jesus was never a trickster in the sense where he had like a naughty side where he's going to set you up to embarrass you. Or God doesn't have this streak in him where he does something intentionally to humiliate you in front of people. He's not like that. So when the Lord comes on the scene, the first thing is, he, is he's going to do is bring joy because he brings joy. He's going to try to get fear off of any of his people. Woo. Cause he doesn't want that stuff on you. No more than you to want to see your kids terrified. Praise God. Now you can love your kids and you can have humor with your children, but when it comes to fear, that is something you don't play with. Okay. So that's why I'm totally 100% against 
Halloween. Because I know a lot of Christians even that celebrate it. They'll have their kids dress up like little witches and demons and goblins. And they'll say, oh, Pastor Stephen, we don't really, you know, we're really not into that. But we just want the kids to get candy. But all it takes is one, one event of horror. And you, you can wreck and ruin a child. You know, there was a, a true story. Because my pastor told me this years back of... Um, Husband and wife took their two kids to a house to get, you know, knock on the door, get candy. They knocked on the door. The two little kids did. The parents were kind of waiting by the curbside. Two little kids knocked on the door, and somebody opened the door, and one of the little kids kind of walked in a little bit, and there were some, there were some people in the house playing jokes on the kids. So there was, a, I think, a stairs that went up. And at the top of the stairs, somebody was kind of hiding up there and took a fake head that looked like it had been cut off and rolled it down the stairs and it rolled right up to that little kid. And it traumatized him. It traumatized him. He couldn't speak or talk for years after that. But yet you've got foolish parents that take their kids out and actually celebrate witchcraft and war, uh, warlocks and uh, witches and wizards and all of this garbage. Even dress them up like it. Watch out for these things of fear because Jesus is going to try to get it off of any of his people immediately. Mm -mm. Somebody's still trying to recover over the bold statements I made. Well, I hope you can catch up and ride along with us today. Amen. But also realize don't give the enemy access into your life into the life of your children. Mm -mm. Glory. I don't want anything to do with demons and devils ever. Not in books, not in literature, not in kids reading Harry Potter stories or other stuff like that. Stay completely away from it. Mm. I, I'm unapologetically Pentecostal old fashioned. <laughs> Praise the Lord. A little shocking to some of my charismatic friends. Mm -mm. Mm, I'd better move on. Praise the Lord. I'm kind of feeling kind of, kind of bold a little bit today. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I could tell you too many horror stories from Halloween of kids getting traumatized. And, and uh, what happens in trauma is evil spirit can come in. In times of trauma or intense fear like that, a demon can come in. Now you got a real problem. Now the kid's nose won't stop running. Now the kid has nightmares all night long. And all, all, all because of candy. All, look, look, go down to Walmart or go down to the grocery store. And just buy them some candy. Get it out of their system. Here you go. You want some candy? Here you go. <laughs> but say, we don't celebrate the devil around here. Mm. Every day is the Lord's day, but I'm not going to dress up like a goblin. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. So the first thing he wants to do is restore, restore joy and get the fear off of them. I want to ask you a direct question today. Is there any fear on you? Any spirit of fear? You can't sleep. You're worried. You're afraid. Why? Why? Let's talk about that, and let's allow the Holy Spirit to minister you today through the words of Jesus himself. It is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, 
Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Now that word command is very strong. In other words, give me an order. Give me an instruction. Uh, because that, if he says it, then you can do it. So he says, command me to come. So he, so he Jesus, said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Mm -mm. He walked on the water. What is faith? Faith is acting on the word of God. And as long as Peter acted on Jesus's word to him, he was all right. So he's walking on the water. He's walking on the water. Now, technically, if we examine this in the light of understanding what's actually going on here, technically you could say that it's not really the water that's holding Peter up because if you've ever walked on it or tried, you realize you can't do that uh, unless, unless God says that you can, but you have to have that word. And Peter did. So what is actually holding Peter up? The word come the word of God. The word of God is holding him up. Mm -mm. So he's walking on the water, but he's actually being held up by the word come. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. Now watch this. When he saw, okay. So what are we dealing with? The physical sense realm. And that is the realm. That's the devil's turf. Remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. Your sight or your ability to see is where the enemy wants to heap up real life trouble, real life waves, real life circumstances that are intended to get you to doubt what God said. And the devil's very, very good at it because this is his realm. This is the turf that he operates in. Mm. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous. He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. By the way, shortest prayer, shortest, shortest prayer in the Bible. <laughs> Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly you are the son of God. Wow. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Now let's, let's look at a few statements that I want to make. Number one, and this is important. Jesus did not intend for Peter to sink. Well, Pastor Stephen, Jesus was walking by and he just knew this whole thing's going to be a big mess. No, this was Peter's moment to shine. This was Peter's moment to identify and experience that power of the Holy Spirit upon a person's life to walk in the miraculous. So Jesus did not intend for Peter to sink. He actually meant for Peter to walk all the way back to the ship with him, 
walk all the way out there and then walk all the way back. Now, if you'll, if you'll learn the thrust of this story, you will never again have a half baked testimony. Woo. How many of you have ever had somebody share their quote, testimony, unquote, and they're telling you their testimony and they're trying to kind of build it up and it's building. Uh, but then it never hits a crescendo. There never is the, the conclusion or the completion of it. And you're thinking did I, did you not tell me the, the, la the other part? Oh, uh, no, there, there was, that was, that was it. Pastor Stephen. I'm like, well, that's not a praise report. That's not even a good testimony. That's you, you like got halfway there and you flopped. Well, yeah, but I was all the way, but, but, but you didn't get it done. Wow. Some people act like they wear these blinders. Like God's like all pleased about that. No, Jesus, Jesus deals with Peter concerning this. He said, Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? He didn't say, hey, you made it. You made it halfway. I'll tell you what. Well, you're, you're doing really good. No, you see. Why? Because that's not what the Lord wanted. He wanted Peter to come all the way out and for them together to walk all the way back. Well, then what went wrong, Pastor Stephen? Are you ready for this? If you learn this, you'll never have a half-baked testimony. What went wrong? Doubt stole Peter's blessing. It stole it from him. The epic story that he was supposed to have. How many of you heard the fisherman? You know, the fisherman story. Oh, I caught one this big, but he got all he got away, right? The last moment he got off the hook. Well, you didn't catch him. Yeah, but I almost had him, but it doesn't matter, you didn't catch him. <laughs> Woo! Okay. What happened to Peter? What went wrong? Basically, doubt stole his blessing. And if you yield or give in the doubt, it'll rob you too, just like it robbed Peter. God's best was for Peter to come out and come all the way back. That's what God wanted. And when Peter flopped, the Lord didn't say, well, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, well, you got about halfway. He didn't say that. He said, <laughs> He said, oh, you of little faith, why did you what? Doubt. Why did you doubt? Now, doubt and fear, they, they team up. They team up. What happens is the fear comes first with, with real life circumstances, and the fear is going to try to run around you, swirl around you, and if it can hit you hard enough, then it wants to have a chink in your armor where the, the, the real deadly one can come in, and that's doubt. That's doubt. And you don't ever want to surrender your heart, yield your heart to doubt. Because if you doubt, you go down. You'll go to, it doesn't matter if it's water. It doesn't matter whatever. It doesn't matter if you're, you're, you're fighting for your health. You're trusting God for your finances. If doubt comes in, you're in, you're in hot trouble. And all I can say if, if, you, if that happens is you're going to have to learn to cry out, Jesus, save me. And, and because you're a child of God, he does. He does. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's all that matters to me. That's not all that matters to God, though. God wants a full testimony. God wants you to actually get the fullness 
of this blessing that he has intended for you to walk in. Not half of it. Not an incomplete, you know, uh, portion of the whole thing that you were supposed to have. Mm -mm -mm -mm. So today, remember, doubt is a thief. Don't let it in. Don't let it in. In other words, what do we go back to? You go back to that word, come. I'm standing on that word. I'm coming out there. He's holding me up. We're doing this together. We're doing this together, and we're going all the way. We're going all the way. Amen. Now, of course, also, when they got into the boat, the wind the wind ceased. So now they're going to cross over all tranquil and peaceful now. But wow, I tell you what, you have to hold to the word of the Lord. Remember also with these men, Jesus did not put them in that boat to kill them. He did not put them in that boat and say, well, I hope you got your lifesavers, your, your life vest on because something's coming tonight. Something's coming tonight. No, he didn't do that. He expected them to cross over. Mm -mm. And he expects you to cross over also and believe him during the journey, despite what comes up. Mm -mm. Praise God. Now, one more, one more. Mark chapter 4. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Well, Pastor Steve, this is sounding very, very familiar. Yep. Very similar situations, a different event. But watch this now. On the same day after, in other words, after he's ministered all day long, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, Jesus is on divine assignment. He's not going over there because there's nothing to do. No, he's going over there because the Holy Spirit's leading him. His Father wants him to go over there, the Heavenly Father. And so when you're in the will of God doing that, you have to believe that. In other words, you believe the Word. What's the Word? Let's cross over. Okay, we're crossing over. Wow. Jesus said, we're crossing over. That means we're crossing over. And you can't forget that word. You have to go back. What did he tell you? What did he say? Now, if you're trying to cross and he didn't say so, um, and you've undertaken something without a word, then those can be very, very challenging moments. Now, you could potentially get a word from the Lord in the midst of that, but uh, ideally, you don't want to start any type of venture, expedition, or, you know, very serious boat ride without a word from the Lord that God's in on this, and that this is what you're supposed to do. I didn't jump in the ministry because I saw needs. I jumped into the ministry because the Lord said, turn in your two-week notice, and you're going into the full-time ministry. And so I heard a word from God. I'd, I'd be lying if I told somebody I didn't hear that. I actually heard God tell me that. And I did that. And I stepped out and he has held me up ever since. Why? Because of that word. He said, go. And so I went and that word has supported me ever since. Praise God. Mm -mm. So what did he say? Let's cross over to the other side. That means we're going to the other side. 
We're going to go. Praise God. Now verse 36. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Now I've seen the Sea of Galilee when it's smooth as glass. I've also driven by it when the waves were crashing on the shore and I thought I wouldn't want to be out there, uh, not even in a big boat, much less a little boat, because the waves can get real big over your head real quick. So now the boat is already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. He was in the stern asleep. Now, there are those who believe, um, you know, those uh, like um, those who have studied the boats from that period of time, that the boat that they were in probably had a little sleeping compartment in the back. It had a little covered area in the back where Jesus could go there and lay down and not get splashed with surf or, you know, you know, with the, with the water or whatever. So he's back there asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? That does seem to be, even today, 2,000 years later, usually the main utterance that comes forth before the Lord, Lord, don't you care? Can't you see what we're facing? Lord, can't you see what we're going through? Lord, don't you care? In other words, Lord, this is what it's implying. Lord, in other words, if you care, why don't you do something? Ah, if we have that hands-off approach, we're going to get wet on all of our boat rides. And they could all be difficult. So let's learn how to deal with it. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? What's trying to hit them again? Fear. How? Through real life circumstances. And that's trying to produce fear. How is it that you have no faith? Mm. And they feared exceedingly. Okay, how is it that you have no faith? What kind of faith? Faith that God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh? Faith that Jonah was swallowed by a big fish? Faith that... Methuselah lived to be 969 years old. Well, yes, we believe those things, but that's not, that's not the specific faith he's looking for. How is it that you have no faith? Faith what? Go back to the beginning. Let us cross over to the other side. <laughs> that's all you've got to believe. That's all you have to grab a hold of. And lock onto and don't come off of that for anything. And they've come off of it. Mm. How is it that you have no faith? Faith in what? In what he said. Let us cross over to the other side. Mm. Praise God. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Wow. 
Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In both stories, doubt robbed the disciples of receiving God's best. His highest and best was for them to receive by their faith. Hmm. Praise the Lord. And here's something very interesting, and we need to meditate on this. In both stories, the disciples possessed the power, the authority to handle the negative circumstances. Praise the Lord. They both, in both stories, they had that power to deal with the situation. Well, Pastor Stephen, you might think, I can't, I can't like really see myself standing on the side of a ship and rebuking the storm. Well, maybe that's because you'll never be in a situation like that. You may never actually even be on a boat in your life. Maybe that's just not something that's in your trajectory, a big boat ride. But you could be in a situation where your health is raging and the enemy is attacking your body. And it's like you're in a storm of a health crisis, a health challenge. And this is what people do. That's because I've seen them do it. God, don't you care? Don't you care how much pain I'm in? And God is very compassionate, very loving, and very caring. But he's already given you the tools to deal with it. And, and so you have to speak to the sickness. You have to speak to the disease with the authority that has been invested into you as a believer, as a child of God. And you have to be able to say with confidence, based upon the word, peace, be still, peace, be still. You could maybe have a business and maybe one of your main contracts has, uh, maybe they were having a problem and now they can't place orders or maybe they've already placed orders, but now they're not able to pay for some type of reason or something like that. And so suddenly you're faced with these big bills that you now have to cover and you've got to get them paid. What are you supposed to do? It's like there could be a raging situation going on. And you could say, God, don't you care? Lord, won't you do something? The Lord has done something. He's given you the authority to, to rise up and begin to talk to it. And so you can say to that situation, to the winds and the wind and the waves or to the bills or the situation, peace, be still. You have to believe it. And you have to, you have to do this based on the fact that God called you to operate that business based on the fact that God called you to walk in health. God never called you to get cancer. God never called the, the disciples to get in the boat just so he can sink them to the bottom and get a giggle or a laugh out of that. God's not sick or twisted or perverted. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. That means we're going. And he said, well, I'm going because I'm, I'm on the father's business. They, they couldn't quite grasp that. That's why doubt fear came in. But when you know the integrity and the authority of the word of God, I do believe, I believe what Jerry Falwell, the Baptist preacher years back said that when you're walking with God and you're doing what he has called you to do, he said, there is an area around you that it's like you're invincible. And you know what you are. Well, Pastor Steve, you better watch it. The devil will take you out in any moment. No, he can't because if he could, he would, <laughs> but he can't when you're walking in that area that you're supposed to. And throughout church history over and over, over, I would say 
I would say thousands of times, there have been those who have risen up and have rebuked wind and waves when it looked like the ship was in peril and could sink. And because the, the rebuke was done and then there was peace, the lives were saved and they went on their journey and continued on with what God had called them to do. But there was somebody that knew God and there was somebody that understood that they're not going to get robbed of their experience of what God has for them by spirits of fear and doubt. Mm -mm. Some of you right now, you might be on one of these wild boat rides where waves are breaking over. I mean, you can feel that cold Galilean water splash on your face. And you're thinking, whoo, whoo, Lord, hallelujah. But you know what? We don't deny real life experiences. We don't deny these things are real. Because we live in this world. But my friends, we do deny their ability to dictate the outcome of our lives. When God has placed that authority in our hands, and we're not going to stand back and just pedal water and get a bucket. No, no, we're going to say we're getting through this in the name of Jesus. And we're speaking to these circumstances. Cease and be still. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I see you reaching the other side. I see the devil going through his processes, but not being able to hoodwink you because you trust God and God has spoken to you and you're not coming off that word. Come hell or high water. Mm -mm. Woo. Praise the Lord. And thus you will have what a full testimony. Thus you will have full experience of what God intended you to uh, walk in and enjoy. Praise God. If we act on God's word, we will experience and enjoy the blessings, the full blessings that God has planned for us. Perhaps in your life, you've seen some others get out of the boat and maybe walk on the water a little bit, but the only people that you've known were the ones that also unfortunately sunk and got, had to get rescued at the last moment. So they had a testimony of God's faithfulness, but they never had a testimony of going over of breaking it through. But you have seen those things and you understand the reality of how hard this stuff can hit because the devil's pretty good at causing stor storms, creating uh, circumstances that can have some pretty tall waves. But you know what? This is the generation that says, we're not buying it. We're staying with the Lord and we're staying in the boat with Jesus. And we're going to the other side and we're getting there and we're not stopping for the enemy. Amen. We're just going to keep on going. Praise God glory. And we're going to hold to that word. We're going to meditate on that word. We're going to talk about that word. And if we pray, we're going to pray that word and in harmony with that word. Praise God. Praise God. Remember, Jesus is a great rescuer. He rescued them over and over. But when they did not rise to the occasion to respond with the tools that the Lord had given them, they would always get those responses. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Mm. Praise the Lord. 
Lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching today that the enemy will never trick them again with the doubt. That they will never again allow doubt to rip them off or steal from them what rightfully belongs to them. The blessings that, they're that they are destined to hold and experience. Father, I thank you. Let your word infuse your people with faith and let them live by the spoken word. Let them live by that rhema, fresh spoken word. And I thank you, Father. It'll get them over every single time in Jesus name. Amen. Say, I believe. Woo. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your savior and your Lord, then the word for you is the word repent, repent of your sins and turn to the living God and he will save you today. That is the word of the Lord, <coughs> excuse me, to you today. So for those that do not know the Lord, today is your day of salvation. I want you to pray this prayer with me in just a moment. And if you're watching, and perhaps you're in another category, but it's still not good because you're still lost. It's the former Christian that used to walk with God, but you're watching me, and you fell away from the Lord, and you're not serving God. You're not, you're not living right. You know that if you died right now, you'd go to hell. My friends, it's time for you to come back to Jesus and rededicate your life. Okay, so I want you also to pray this prayer, those of you that would be in that situation. All together, let us pray. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I give you my life. Come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away. I put all of my trust and hope in you. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. Step into the boat of my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. For some of you, welcome back. <laughs> You'll never leave again. Praise God. Well, today let's take Holy Communion as we meditate on these, uh, these heavy things that we have learned today. Take some bread and some grape juice. Let's pray over it. If you don't have these little wafers, just grab a cracker. Grab some grape juice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it right now. We set it apart, and through this prayer, we thank you that it is holy, that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we receive strength and faith to hold to the word given to us. Father, we thank you that you're not some kind of cruel, psychopathic joker that would say something and then not perform it or come through. But Lord, you spoke it, you said it, and we believe it, and there's a performance to it. But Father, so as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you that your word has never once throughout the history of the universe has ever failed anybody that believed it. We receive the Lord's body now. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's partake together.
Praise God. The disciples said, who can this, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Well, it's Jesus, and it's also now, through his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, it's those who now belong to him. We are Christians, or Christians, we are anointed ones, so the Holy Spirit that was on him is now in us, and upon us also, and we also can speak to the situation that is opposing that mighty Word of God, and we can command it to cease and desist. Praise God. We can keep on moving forward. Amen. We're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. We're going to keep our eyes on the Word. Don't ever forget what God told you originally. Come, or we're going to the other side, or whatever it might be. Praise God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus and its mighty cleansing power. As we receive it, let it go through us, bringing joy and strength and Father, we forgive anyone who has sinned against us. We forgive them, we bless them, and we move on. We thank you, Father God, for your goodness. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's precious blood. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. Lift your hands. Praise the Lord. You know what to do. Speak to the situation. Stand on the word that Jesus originally told you. And make confessions. I'm coming through this. Hallelujah. The Lord is with me. The Lord is in this boat with me. I will not go under because Jesus can't go under. I'm coming through. I'm coming through. Hallelujah. Father, we give you all of the praise that your word is working right now. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you are getting a PhD in theology on your boat ride right now. <laughs> You're getting something they can never teach you in any seminary class. We're getting something that they can't, they can't teach you in a classroom of, a, uh, of those that are doing their PhD dissertations. These are real life experiences where you get your diploma in the University of Faith out on the high seas. Amen. But this is where you prove that God's word is true. And you're going to see that it is 100% putting you over. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.